was screaming oh, so much. Ready, ready, we're recording. It's recording. Oh, it's recording. It's, it's recording. Hello. Howdy. Should we take a breath? I love it when you suggest that. Why don't we just do that every time? It's I guess. Like All right. Fine, fine. 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 It is. Inhale. <sighs> <sighs> Again. <sighs> Might I say that that's not because I'm nervous or I don't want to fuck this up, but it's just because I forget to breathe unless I'm like with you. <laughs> I I think that's the best compliment I could ever receive. <laughs> Thank you. Just like moseying around my day, like what the fuck? Anyone else? Man. Deeply, yes. Yes. Okay. So this is episode 15 of Evolving Us. Is it really 15? I don't know. I fucking hope so. Is it? I think you're right. I think you're correct. I think I'm right. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It also doesn't matter because I'm not in the business to be right anymore. I'm growing through that. I'm growing through that. And I think sometimes when you say something, even if you don't believe it, it becomes true. I love how you're laughing because you don't even believe it. <laughs> Sometimes I do. You know what? When I'm grounded, I do. But when I'm in my bullshit, I do want to be right. And I think every human being does. Guess what? I just checked. It's episode 15. I'm glad. <laughs> Satisfaction. Yeah. Trick. Okay. So, guys, today we're talking about resiliency. Oh, yeah. This is a big topic. Every topic we talk about is a big topic, but this is like a it, really big topic. It's a good one. It's a good one. Before we get into that, because I <clears> actually <throat> believe that it's deeply connected. How are you? How are you doing? <laughs> What's going on in your heart right now? Your mind? Everything? <sighs> <sighs> mm. uh, the truth <laughs> is... The truth, the truth, the blatant vulnerability truth of what just happened prior to us logging on to this podcast is mm. I scream my lungs out to my child because oh. she did something that really, it irked me, it pissed me off, it made me feel wronged, made me feel violated. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. That's what happened in the moment prior to okay. us logging on. And man, resiliency is really applicable to parenthood. <laughs> the more I think quote, about it. Quote I texted you yesterday um, from the Ram Dass Dying Life audiobook. He said that when you become a parent, your assignment is to be helpless. That's like the teaching you're signing up for. You get to be helpless. Hmm. Yes, and while I also saw a TikTok in that same vein the other day, I um, <laughs> I would also like to say that um, everything that sounds ideal state and great in essence is also really hard to apply sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I would like to add that in our human experience, it's just so hard sometimes when mm. – 
situations happen and and you react and that's like as simply put as I can put it and um I feel like I've been giving a lot more than I usually give mm -hmm. in general well, and I think that's fair I think there's a lot of things going on in your world right now and um whether or not we decide to get into that is totally up to you. But um, what I want to say and tie this in is that you don't really know how resilient you are until you get tested. Mm. You know, like resiliency and like the ability to bounce back doesn't really exist when shit's all going your way. Yeah. I mean, resilience, I was looking at the definition before we popped on and I have in front of me, it's an ability to recover from, from or adjust easily to misfortune or change. And it's like, if I think of that de definition, it's like, while the change is happening, it's not so easy to recover in the moment. The recovery is after. Mm -hmm. In an ideal state, if you are able to... Um, adjust in the moment, obviously the emotion taken out of a situation makes it so things don't get so escalated. However, if I think of that definition and resiliency, just as what I just shared, so applied to parenting, it's like, <laughs> I laugh because it's like, I don't know, am I resilient? Am I resilient? I'm, asking, I'm actually starting to question that. Do, am I bouncing back? I think so. Am I bouncing back, back gracefully? Meh. <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll give you credit, okay? And what I want to say on that is that it's funny that it says change or misfortune as if they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because here's the truth. We are in life. And in life, the only rules that apply are is that everything's going to change always, all the time. It's never going to stop changing. And so I guess it's kind of true that we're all resilient in our own way because we're living in this time and space reality and we're moving on a freaking giant rock in the middle of the uni spinning around in circles. So we're always changing. And every single day that we wake up, we're a new person that's one day older. We've never been as old as we are today and we'll never be as young again as we are today. Oh, that's scary. But in saying yeah. think about it, we're always changing. <laughs> However, with that definition, what I think is so cool is what, what did it say? The ability to bounce back or uh, the ability to recover from to or recover. adjust easily. Adjust easily. Okay. I like that easily. I mean, to me, that sounds great because I think for resiliency, what comes to mind for me is that it's so not about you being able to like adapt it's about how quick you can come back to who you are in that change because if it takes us longer to adapt or longer to recover we we're in suffering longer we're in pain longer we're hurting longer i mean so it's like all the things that happened with your daughter it happened with bella and it was like okay this is happening 
And I remember you were texting me and you're like, I'm livid and like all these things that I'm like, I'm like, okay, so do we move the podcast? And I'm like, I'm open, <laughs> whatever she needs. Like I love her to death. She can take whatever time she needs. And she was like, nope, I got it. We're going in. And it's like the ability to say, okay, and like looking at a situation, okay, and that's resiliency to me. And it doesn't mean that every situation is going to be like that, right? Like the death of a loved one or a breakup or getting fired from your job or other tragedies, you know, those things take a little while to come back from, you know, but I feel like people that have been through a lot are always like, oh, I'm so strong. I've been through so much, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is like, it doesn't matter how much you've been through because I know people that are way more resilient that haven't been through shit, but they have the ability to literally bounce back off of things. And obviously you don't know the depth of people's histories and trauma and things that they've navigated through. But for example, me and Chad's roommate are, he, he's like so insanely resilient. Like I'll, I'll see something happen, whether it's at his job or just, he just like doesn't react. He just like melds into whatever happens and he moves on. Like I've never seen him get thrown off by almost anything in my life. It's kind of crazy. Do you consider that resilience or adaptability? Because I'm actually looking at this uh, definition too, right? But it's like being adaptable means you're, you are able or willing to change in order to suit different conditions. And I feel like, not to say that John, I was about to disclose his name, but not to you say that your roommate, name, Johnny, you love Johnny. John not to say he's, that he's um... not resilient, but it's like, it's so interesting. Cause I think, I mean, obviously all these things go together. Right. But, mm. um, yeah, when I think of the word resilience, I, I always would associate that with like, you know, like I'm resilient. I'm so strong. It's like, I'm so capable, but it's like, it's not just that it's obviously so many things. And, I think to be resilient, you do have to be adaptable because hence the definition that we read earlier. And it's like not being phased by things to me isn't necessarily resilient. To me, that's like you're adaptable, you're flexible, you're amiable, mm -hmm. you are, you know, going with the flow. You're going with the, the flow of life essentially because change is ever, ever happening. It's ever going, it's infinite. And it's like, resiliency to me goes with adaptability as well, I guess is my point, but I was curious to know, yeah, how he's like the picture of resiliency to you, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, totally. And that makes perfect sense. And I think kind of both. And here's why I think both, because someone that shows up, for example, me, when I show up and I'm resisting change or I'm angry at myself or I'm like when I'm tormented and I'm tortured in my own being, it's an example of me not being flexible to whatever's showing up around me. Obviously not always. Sometimes internal things come up and, you know, it's, it's not controllable. But usually an external for me, an external thing will happen and then it'll affect me internally and my internal response is usually what shows up on the outside. You know what I mean? So like if I'm tortured or tormented or suffering, a lot of times my decisions, how I show up, if I'm able to be loving with others, if I'm able to be loving with myself, 
those things are usually affected and that comes with reaction over responsiveness. So I think someone that's resilient while yes, they're strong, they're brave, they're all of these things. It's more so like what is the internal experience in response to something that's up and down? Yeah, that's uh I didn't think about it from that perspective because I usually think of that word as like someone who's just like you kind of plow through, like something's happening mm. and it's not not that you ignore situations or you discount your feelings, but you just like you keep going. Like to me it's like you keep going. Right. And it can be both, right? They can both live in the same place. Yes. But think definitely. resiliency. I think of um when we had uh, the girls and Liam over, uh, Jules' kids were over, and Liam, um, our godson, he, <laughs> we, we took them to get ice cream. I was actually with John. I think Chad was out of town. And we took the kids to get ice cream. Maybe, yeah, I don't remember. Either way, Liam is like running full force down the sidewalk, and he's five years old. The girls are seven and nine. He's running full-fledged down the sidewalk, and it's like dark. You know, it's nighttime, and he trips on the sidewalk because there's a crack that's sticking up. And he falls and you hear like that slap on the pavement, you know, and you're like, oh, fuck. Like this is going to suck for everyone right now. You're lucky it wasn't one of my kids because it would have been <laughs> way worse. Man. And then you hear that, that pause, you know, and you hear the pause. Yeah. And then it comes. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran over, I picked him up and I held him and I was just like holding him. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's temporary. <laughs> gonna go away got him in the car and he's screaming at the top of his lungs and your girls are in the back seat and they're like liam it's okay let me hold your hand it's like he's like don't touch it i'm like we're gonna be home soon he's like i need a band-aid no 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 i can't and i'm like i wish i had band-aids in my purse i guess that's gonna be a upgrade when i do have kids so we get home and I'm in the bathroom. I'm I'm like, it's dirty. You know, I'm like, I need to wash his little cut on his hand. And he's like freaking out. No, don't touch it. Don't touch it. I just need a bandaid. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. This kid knows what he wants. We're good. So I get a bandaid and I'm putting it on. He's still screaming, screaming, screaming. And all of a sudden he like rips ass. He like just farts. <laughs> and then and then we all look at each other. We go. Oh! And I go to you. Did you just toot? <laughs> and then he goes and seen up laughing like so hard and then everyone's laughing and it's so funny and in that moment the suffering was gone it was like bye and here I'm looking at the five-year-old totally self-regulating even though he didn't have the tools on his own and it took kind of like a pattern interrupt to get him to be mm. resilient and get back to the fact that like we're having a slumber party at your godmom's house and we have all of our friends here and we're about to have ice cream. But the focus was on the pain and suffering. So his ability to get back to that good place of having an amazing night was being hindered by, you know, the pain in his hand and that's okay. But however, we have like this thing comes in to rescue him and this happens with all of us is that it's like pattern interrupt and then all of a sudden, oh, where am I? Oh, I'm right here with all my best friends. Like I'm so excited. Then he gets back to a good place. And I feel for me that's kind of an example of what resilience is, is how do you get back to a place? And it doesn't always have to be rainbows and butterflies, but how do you get back to a joyous, good place where you can feel a sense of humor and silliness and okay, like this is all happening for a reason. 
it's the bounce back. It's how fast does that happen for you? How long are you willing mm-hmm. to suffer in the darkness until you can rebuild yourself? And right, there's no perfect amount of time and time kind of heals all. And some of us need to sit in the darkness and the shit for a while. But, um, you know, it, it's a muscle that can be strengthened by practice. Yeah. And it's a choice, you know, some of us are like, sit, like, we're like looking at it and we're like, I just don't want to make that choice right now, you know, but if you did, it would be like, so different. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's also why when you're like, oh, are you sure that you still want to record for me? I was like, well, I could sit in my misery or I could just like try to move on from this feeling. And I I chose to move on from the feeling and, you know, like leave it behind me versus linger and hold on to it. And I think that it's just, I actually said this the other day in meditation, I was like, happiness and joy are choice away. And I really truly feel like we just don't think about that, about like I mm. could just like switch my my mood, my feeling, my emotion right now. And it could just be a simple choice just for this moment, just that I could live in this peace and harmony. And I'm not talking about like not recognizing your feelings or toxic positivity, which – yeah, that's mm-hmm. come up a lot lately for me uh, as far as something that I really want to be true to what's actually showing up and not, you know, put it by the wayside or just ignore it. I, I do genuinely want to show up. And um, we do have choice to move on from the difficult moments and choose the next moment. And so it's like, Obviously, every situation is so different as far as how much pain and suffering is associated with what we're navigating. So I think, obviously, not that we're trying to come up with a formula to give people that it's like, well, if you do this within five seconds, then you're resilient. Good job. <laughs> yeah, um, what if resiliency actually means sitting in that pain and suffering? Like, the, like what if resiliency is more about wisdom? Like, let me go back on what I just said about how it's bouncing back fast. Like, what if it isn't? about that what if it's more so what do you do with the pain and suffering how do you alchemize it even if that means you're sitting in it longer some thought. (laughs) i'm processing um (laughs) i i i i i i don't i don't disagree or agree I just think that it's the definition you want to give something and I don't think that resiliency is or is not a certain amount of time that you choose to dedicate your pain and suffering to I just think it's a matter of bouncing back eventually not even Mm -hmm. like quickly you know and it's like So many times I feel disempowered and disarmored to make decisions, to make a better choice for myself. And I'm kind of processing what you're saying because I think that at the end of the day, it's my own choice. But like, why do I choose something different in any given situation when I know the Mm. tools and resources? And I think it comes down to, not that I need to solve this right now, but I do think it comes down to me fighting with myself 
to want to sit in pain and suffering versus overcome it. But pain and suffering can be valuable. For sure. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's fucking uncomfortable. But like there, you know, that's, it's that secondary gain, that like attachment to um, sometimes our own darkness, you know, but also, so here's another kind of way of looking at it too, is that like, if I look at my dad's experience with what he navigated in his last relationship, it was like a huge roller coaster. And at first it was this so exciting amazing person that was totally gonna change and all of that and then he sold his business and sold the house I grew up in and moved to this amazing winery with her and like it was this really high time for him for both of them I think and then you know the relationship started deteriorating and what ended up happening was a huge amount of discord and and nastiness that he never thought was possible and so he's sitting up there in this massive place with all of his 401k, all of his savings, everything he ever had invested in this this plan with this person that didn't work out. And so when I look at him now, he's like back in the neighborhood he was before where a childhood home was in and he got back into the neighborhood right before the market got really crazy. So he was able to financially fully recover and now he's in a really good position and da 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 da. But it's like that whole thing could have taken him down and he could have gone into a dark depression and blamed everything on that and just kind of went off the deep end for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Whereas like I see I've seen and I see other people that I know, even in that demographic where it's like oh I had a divorce 20 years ago and it's like now I blame the rest of my inability to be happy on that thing and to (laughs) me it's like if you look at the difference in those two things around resiliency of like are you willing to fight for a good life or do, do the things that happen that bring you to your knees keep you there yeah and I think it's also when you were saying the story, it made me think about like, it kind of is like, just like everything we, you and I talk about very often, it's like, it shows up in every facet of your life. So it's like, when you're talking about your dad, I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. He's resilient. Like, look at like the man that he is, the way he shows up for his like work and his family and like what, I mean, of course, anything can happen to anyone. Right. But like, to me, there's more, uh, predictability and consistency. And he's consistently from how I know him now today, obviously. Right. So it's like, yeah, as you're saying the story, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that he was resilient and he bounced back and he chose, you know, not to go off the deep end after the situation because that's the fabric of your dad. Right. So when you're talking about that and the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And and I think that if we just remember and apply that, we can, I mean, obviously process in due time anything that does happen, but we can be resilient if we just remember that we have been resilient before in other aspects already. But here we go back into this conversation of like, is someone born that way? too you know like Mm. is there someone that has access to those qualities or doesn't and 
I can think of a lot of examples, but for, for one example that comes to mind is when I think about like Kayla, when we did that anger work in our teacher training, like I remember looking at her and being like, do you want to go? And she was like, I don't really know that I have anything to work on. And she's like, but I'll do it anyway. And so she jumped in and she did it. And then all this other stuff came up and then it continued to come up all the way through woman lineage and through all the programming we've been doing because that was something that was up for her to process. But if she hadn't been open to processing that, meaning like everyone that shows up to the space and to the work that we do, they're getting a tap on their shoulder that, Hey, like it's time to deal with some stuff. It's going to be really hard and you're strong and you know you can get through it and you've got safety you have a community that will support you you've got a container you've got an environment to do it um and then when you do it you've got tools and and processes that will help you navigate that in this newfound awareness in your life right but how does that come to some people and not to others is it like a bravery thing or is it they're she born with a thing or like what? Because sometimes I think that I constantly work on is the frustration that I have. And I think probably everyone can relate is when you see someone so deeply and you see their light so deeply and then you see them suffering and you're like, why are you banging your head against the wall? Like I have that with my brother all the time where I'm like, dude, you could do so much better with just like in general your life. Like I know you could feel more fulfilled. I know you could feel more happy. I know you could feel more confident. I know you could contribute more value. But like, are you choosing this? Or is this something you innately do not have access to? Well, this, I I, I think this is composed of so many parts because <laughs> you're like, I mean – when you're saying this and it's like, is it environment or people born with it? And it's like, it's access to information. And it's like, you know, you don't know what you don't know and you know what you know. And, but there's so much more that you don't know. And it's like, in the context of people making choices that like everyone can make the choice to be in, in a different position and maybe suffer less. And, you know, it's about how curious are you to get out of your discomfort? I don't think it's about you're born with it or not. I think it's like you're, you're trained yourself. You show up for yourself. You know that you're just fed up with your shit. You're fed up with what the situation is and you are genuinely ready for something different and you will try anything right so, so i don't okay. think so it's about note, you're born with it right on that note let's just imagine that all of the people listening right now are people that have an inkling to grow because otherwise they wouldn't be wasting their time on this freaking podcast they'd be like doing something else in the moment that something shows up that's displeases you or in the moment that something shows up that kicks your shit up or brings you out of your power in some way when resiliency is required. What are the main steps? What are the main pieces and parts that move someone through things and not through things in a way that discredits or disowns or suppresses, but moves through things in a way 
that actually rises with the gifts and the lessons and the muscles that it took to get there. Mm. <laughs> First well, thing I that comes it's... to mind for me is nervous system. I was going to say accountability. But okay. It goes within that, I think. Accountability from? Like you're recognizing where you're at, where your emotion is. So yes, it goes within what you're saying, like regulate yourself. Like where's your nervous system at? Yeah. Are you so, recognizing that that's where your nervous system is at? That's what ownership. I mean by accountability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Accountability and ownership. So I'm realizing that there's something showing up that is not in alignment with my preferences. Mm-hmm. And then from there, regulation, like self-regulation, right? Yeah, I was going to go straight to um, either change the situation or change how you feel about it. But actually, you can't do either of those things if you're not in a regulated space. And when we say regulation, that means remove yourself out of the situation, put a pause between, make some space for yourself, take some deep breaths, go for a walk, meditate find yourself in a different state so that the decisions, choices, words, behaviors that you make as a result do not come from the dysregulated place because that oftentimes ends up in um, mistakes, truly. Not always, but I mean, I don't know any time I've ever acted out of a place of intense heated emotion and gotten a result that I actually wanted. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. Oh my God, this is so funny. It's such a small example, but it matters so much. I remember, so my, I have my bookkeeper and my tax lady and they're, and my tax lady <laughs> wrote an email with a ton of questions and then they went back and forth trying to answer them. And then like one email said, oh, Ash, can you answer this? And then the next one was like, oh, I got the answer here. And I was just like so confused by the time I got the chain. And I remember writing out the email and I'm like, these email, this email chain is incredibly confusing and I'm not really sure what information you guys need from me. And then next paragraph, I started going through the email and just like answering what I could based on it. And then after I wrote out all the bullet points of the answers to the questions, I erased the entire top part of the email and I put, hey guys, I'm not really sure if uh, below fulfills everything that it is you need, but please let me know if there's anything else. <laughs> because it's like, hey, this is so confusing versus, okay, I can take a breath. I can fine tune and read this. Like it doesn't, they don't need to serve me up the questions in the exact way that I need it just because taxes and accounting stresses me out, you know? And it's like, it's so simple, but like I had to just regulate and be like, okay, like I don't need to be an asshole right now to people that are actually but the one thing that I hate doing. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love uh, my tax lady. She the best. <laughs> I love we were talking about regulating. You just like, you just thought of your taxes. <laughs> taxes get me, okay? Shit's lit. It's really hard on my nervous system. Your you know feelings what? are valid. Thank you. And I'll bet you our listeners can vouch for me. Fuck taxes. That shit's whack. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Okay, so nervous system regulation. Pause between. Mm -hmm. Space between. A mm -hmm. little bit of space. Between 
whatever's happening and then the response to it. Because then in that moment, there's like a zooming out and like, okay, this situation doesn't necessarily please me. Can I see another person's intentions in it? Um, is there another way to handle the solution that's right out of my view or my perspective? Is there someone I can talk to about this? Um, does this need immediate action from me? How can I move through this? What's the best way to grieve or not even make sense of it, but what information can I tell myself about the situation that will shift the trajectory of my growing and my learnings? That's a big one. Yes. And I think that alone takes the pressure off of bouncing back because I'm really going back on my bouncing back right now because I feel like it's so much more important that you stay in a space that's mindful and aware. I'm seeing what's happening. I'm open to things happening differently when you offer when you need to show up in resiliency. It's handle it too. It's like, how am I yes. responding to this situation? I love that you're so attached to the bounce back because I'm, I'm just trying to make sense. <laughs> it's literally part of the definition and you're like, no, no, I'm just like, no, like bouncing back. It, it's about sitting it's, in it. <laughs> just throw it out. Just throw it out the window. <laughs> I'm like, uh, work. you know what? Pretty My sure. favorite thing about that, what we do here is it depends. Everything depends. <laughs> Because there's times like bitch bounce back. Let's go. It's like Kim K <laughs> saying, get your ass up and work. Have you been seeing all those memes? Get your no, because I'm not on social work. media. That's <laughs> all over the news too. Okay, maybe I just have a fucked up algorithm. <laughs> I don't watch the news either. Everyone's slamming her because she, she apparently has like a ton of lawsuits against her for um, like unethical, using unethical labor and stuff. And she's like, women business owners, get your ass up and fucking go to work. And there's this like, um, you know, cross stitch where you post the thing and then you respond to it. And this man was like, how dare you say that? I don't know one businesswoman that doesn't get their ass up and work. Like, <laughs> are you in touch with reality? What the fuck? <laughs> it's great. But okay. So sitting in it, bouncing back, all the things. I have to say to um, – I had an interesting experience yesterday uh, and duh, I'm a human being so like yes. Um, but lately I've been feeling pretty fatigued um, which doesn't happen to me often. Like I usually have the most insane amount of energy. Like I get up, I teach class every day. It's like not a thing. Um, mm -hmm. I see all my clients. Like I'm – just fatigue is not a thing in my book. And so when I've been feeling it lately, it's been challenging because it's unfamiliar. Um, <laughs> so I've been asked to just sit a lot in my stuff and um, just be. And so hmm, I've, I'm getting to bed as early as I can. I'm allowing myself to sleep in the morning as much as I can. And then yesterday I kind of laid in bed for, you know, an hour or so with Augie like during the day. And then after I just like opened my eyes and I just felt like darkness. Like I just felt heaviness. I felt something I haven't felt in a while and it was like 
I can't believe I'm even using this. I was like, I feel like I'm not value to the world. Like it wasn't a long feeling, but it was definitely a real feeling. And it was really humbling because in my mind in that moment, that was my thought that that was going to be there forever. I was like, I'm never going to get through this thought. And while I know that's so ridiculous, consciously, our emotions can sometimes be so strong and powerful and potent that they can trick us to believe not true. And in that moment, I was feeling all these things and, and we had a live sculpt class we were going to be doing in person in Playa and I remember saying to you, like, I think I need to cancel class tonight. And you're like, yes, you've said that before. But I was like, no, like, I really mean it. Because something inside me was just, like, not feeling up to being present for anyone, let alone my. It happened very often for me. However, what I ended up doing, the solution I came to that felt good for me, which worked well, was to move the class onto live stream instead so I could stay home and teach here. However, I allowed myself to feel that feeling and be curious about it instead of needing to run from it and go find external validation to take it away from me. Like, oh, I'm going to text a bunch of people and tell them that I'm upset or, oh, I'm going to go do something to make me feel better. I was just like, this is the state of my being and this is just where I'm going to be. And so I taught class and at the end of class, I just remember turning off the camera after Shavasana um, and I was totally present in the class, like no part of my present, just present with everyone in the space. And then after, like I, I felt my heartbeat and my endorphins in my body and I was like, I have no idea what I was even feeling earlier. Like it, it magically dissipated out of my experience and it reminded me so much of the things that I clearly already know. You know, like I know I have resources. I know that feelings are temporary. But going through the motion of those two extremes in such a short period of time really reminded me of the resiliency I've spent a lot of time working on and working towards of like, okay, darkness can exist, but so can light. And then after class, um, I didn't tell you this, but I got accepted into the Somatic Experiencing Institute for my therapy program. Good job. Thanks. Um, I, talk, I was talking to Chad and I had a moment where I realized that that was giving me kind of like imposter syndrome. And I don't, again, I don't feel that a lot either. So I was like, oh, seeing that email earlier and then closing the email and being like, oh, I'll deal with the accept letter later and then not telling anyone about it and then moving on with my day and then coming back to the realization that like, oh shit, I realized I got this earlier, but I kind of compartmentalized it. I didn't navigate it. Brought up just interesting feelings. And so when I talked to Chad about it, it was like, this is happening. I'm, you know, like I'm, I feel like I don't know how to add value and I'm trying to change and shift. And he was just like, this is so exciting, you know, and he, of course, he said all the right things, like, bless him, he does his best. But <laughs> for me, like, I think it was just the awareness of that bringing up, and I don't even know if it was, but just bringing up 
to the forefront of things for me that I got the chance to investigate. I got the chance to be curious about. I got the chance to just go a little deeper and be interested on gave me a lot of perspective. And so this morning when I woke up to teach again, um, the class I programmed was totally different to anything I've ever programmed. And it was like so much fun. And I felt so connected to everyone and so connected to myself, but it's like a small, what, 12, 18 hour window can really bring you through these ups and downs of life. But the tools that we have are forever. So whether it's moving your body, taking a deep breath, communicating with someone you love, feeling your heartbeat, acknowledging yourself, being curious about your emotions, like that's kind of where resiliency is born because it teaches you. I mean, if you've gotten through every single thing you've ever been through in your life up until this moment, what evidence you have that you won't get through something right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to the point of you saying like where you started the story about, you know, feeling like you weren't adding value or maybe not the value that you're hoping to add. It's like everyone wants to add value, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, I think like it's so crazy not crazy I was having this conversation earlier today with someone um on my team where she was navigating something and she's like yeah I just like I want to add value and I'm like but you do (laughs) you know like why would you think you don't you know and it's like because some people are put in the wrong place where me feel like they're not recognized by their peers or their leadership or their partners or whatever. In like, it's not that someone doesn't add value, but sometimes they're in the wrong place at the wrong time for their skill set or their unique gifts. And to feel like, well, actually the situation that happened today was that she felt like she wasn't adding value because something came up of an error she made, which wasn't actually her error, but it was being placed on her. And, um, She's like, I just want to add value in the things that I do. And it's kind of like someone took away her power because they weren't claiming that, you know, taking ownership of a situation. And it's like, at the end of the day, we all want to feel seen and we all want to add value, especially in like the work that we do. And it's like, I think, I mean, that looks different for everyone, right? Like my fulfillment looks different than yours and my value looks different than yours or anybody else's and it and it's something not tangible that I mean I can describe it but maybe to you you're like well that doesn't seem like adding value and like to me it is right so it's like subjective huh it's subjective subjective yeah yes yeah totally Because anybody could be adding value at any moment based on how they feel they're contributing, which is another point why it's so important to be clear on what makes you feel like you're adding value. Like what signs do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What do you notice? What specifically defines that for you? Not to mention you don't know when you're adding value to someone else's experience. Can you hear me? <laughs> I was saying you don't know when you're adding value to someone else's experience. 
That's a good point. You know, I was actually pulling up the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'll be talking about this in mentorship tonight, just around connection. Um, and obviously survival's at the bottom. Safety is the next one up. And then sense of belonging is the next one up from there. And belonging, I, I would say, in that is, you know, feeling connected in your relationships. And then above that is esteem and importance. So adding value, your confidence things like that. And in that adding value, if that's like one of the five pillars and then the top one is self-actualization. So, um, you know, finding fulfillment, finding, um, enlightenment, if you will, or, um, existentialism. Um, but self-esteem is a big one on there, you know, being able to add that value. So that is something that's important. Yeah. I just had this really crazy thought about what we think adding value is or how we are valued versus what other people see value in us. And the reason why I thought about that is because I think it was last weekend in teacher training, multiple people contacted me and were like, well, thank you for saying this and thank you for telling me this or thank you for sharing that. And I was like, like I had this, thought where I was like, wow, like that didn't seem like much to me, you know, or it wasn't mm -hmm. like it was effortless. So it didn't feel like not that effortless means that it doesn't add value. But to me, like adding value is like I'm working so hard to do this thing, whatever this, the thing is. And it's like you're putting a lot of effort. So sometimes I don't connect that we can add value for other people and we don't even know it. Um, the fact that you really never know um, what specifically will move you out of that place that you've been in and offer the tools for resiliency, offer the tools for you to grow into a greater place. And that's why it's so important to expose yourself to things that bring you value. Mm -hmm. Getting out into nature connections, deep, close people that actually see you, resources like podcasts and books, personal development, whether it's in communities or retreats or programs, you know, loving connections. That's really where resiliency is because yeah. you could have someone that's, you know, wanting all of the strength and resiliency in the world to grow but they just don't have access to information, like you said earlier. Yeah. So surround yourself with the things that support you, the things that teach you. And another really have like mentors and teachers and people that you've seen be resilient. You've seen people see this through. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is you're going through, be around people that have seen it, that have overcome it. That's why, which I think is incredibly successful in like AA or um, what's that other one? EA, uh, some of the like, you know, stuff for eating disorders, OA. alcoholism, OA, yeah, yeah. All of those things, it's you have a, a sponsor and that's someone that's been through it, you know, and whether those types of programs help you or not, it's really important to, to have support from, you know, even if someone hasn't been through exactly what you've been through, maybe someone that has a lot of grit, that can look at you and be like, you've got this. I know you've mm -hmm. got this. I see you, you know? 
to tap us back into our strength. Yes. Yes. Help. <laughs> help. Help us all. Help us all. We need some help. We need some help to get through all of this. But hey, life is a ride. Like, dig it. You know, just like hop on the coaster because so many of us are just suffering. So many of us would rather allow the big things to overtake our entire experience and take our power away, truly, versus allow experiences to empower us. The wheels are spinning. I'm processing. I'm processing. I'm processing so much right now. <laughs> well, truly. Oh, truly. Truly. <sighs> What's something you're looking forward to right now in 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 this moment in this uh, moment. i'm looking forward to hmm mentorship tonight yeah me too it's gonna be lit we're talking about mm. friendship and connections and i think that that's no yeah I swear interpersonal relationships that's our topic my fave my fave it's a good one because honestly relationships are our biggest teachers even if they're ones that piss us off whoo daddy (laughs) (sighs) thank you guys so much for listening and we hope that you got a lot out of this experience together and specifically as if you were just hanging out in the room with us that's always our goal so we always stuff unedited unfiltered unplanned um i'm sure you could have heard my partner Chad talking in the background for a little while. He was on a call, but you know, here we are doing the damn thing. Uh, make sure anyone you think it would be valuable for people to be able to still connect with you guys in this way. And um, keep in mind too, we're doing a woman's retreat on resilience um, at the end of May, and that will include tools and resources to beef your skills up. To talk about a woman's retreat, beef. <laughs> To hone in on your skills. That was beautiful. Do you love me? I love you so much. I love you. Yay. We are checking out. Thank you so much for listening again. And we'll see you next time. Bye.